Yo, 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 what's poppin'? It's your boy EJ, aka Sir Evangeline Joseph, aka Mr. Ten Feet. Shout out to Bo. Mm. AKA the bully, mm. one third of Free Gems Network, the best network. AKA Peyton and Jackson's daddy. Oh. Jody's husband. Hey, speak on it. One of them many members of BGBN. Oh, a lot of them. Niggas. Shout out to Rez. That's all I got. That's all you got. Hey, man. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> EP Evangeline. <laughs> EP Evangeline in the motherfucking building, man. Shout out, you know shout out to Bomatic. You know what's going on. Bro. Go get that. You know what I'm saying? And this your boy, that guy, that one. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The Will golden Maddie. child. Hey, the golden child. The Will Maddie Beats. Just look at the just look at the banner. Come bro. on, it's right man. there, bro. Will Maddie Beats. Will the poet. The painter. One third of Free Jazz Network. It's me, like you said, EP Evangeline and, and Gumbosa, man. You know what I'm saying? Dream Team, bro. Hey, man, you already know we making it happen, Captain. But like we always say, it ain't never about us. Because we got another legend in the building. Hey, man, I'm, ex- I'm super excited. Man. I've known this guy for quite some time. And this is a Free Gems first. Free Gems first. First, yeah, man, we got a wrestler in the building. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a rapper in the building. We got a rapper in the building. Hey, man. Hey, so right there, talking about multifaceted, <laughs> a specialist. Hey, man, <laughs> the brother do it all, man. He does yeah. it. Oh man, I'm not even gonna. Man, this nigga, he go by many different names. JP. Hey, man. Oh, Marshall. Coach JP. Marshall. Hey, man. Coach Marshall. Hey, man. Easy peasy. Rob Ziggler. Uh. Easy peasy because it's too easy. <laughs> Mr. Make It Happen. Uh. Rob Ziggler. A son of a bitch. Not just Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> we got Rico Bravo in the building. How you doing? Man, I'm great, man. I'm happy to be here, man. Hey, man, I'm, I'm very excited. I don't right, think, man. I think the last time I've been this excited was when Smokey was on. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out that guy. Uh, Rico, I'm sure you're tapped into the show, but I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, where How we like to start off the show is we like to ask, where are you from? Shoot, I'm from Columbus, Georgia. Seven Born and raised. Hey, man. Big Koga. Big Koga energy. Let them know why we uh why we like to ask that. The reason why we ask that question is because we are a platform for the Columbus culture. First and foremost. You know what I mean? When when creatives and other people like the media like to think of Georgia, we don't want you to just think Atlanta, we want you to think of Columbus as well. Because it's Columbus got boroughs and boroughs mm-hmm. of talent. You know what I mean? We're everywhere in, in every field. You but know what we I mean? Do too. Well, no, nah, I was talking about Columbus. Hmm? I was talking about Columbus. Oh, not okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? In, in every field, every whatever it is, we can do it. We do it. Painters, artists, entrepreneurs, uh, entrepreneurs, and everything. Like I said, clothing owners, chefs. We got it. You know what I mean? Wrestlers. I say wrestling. wrestlers. <laughs> Acting. Shout out to Will Oliver. Come hey, on, man. Yeah. Hey, Come man. on, dog. And, and, and honestly, bro, it's just, it's just time that we get put in that same life. Absolutely. It's time. Yeah, it's been that time. And and, and if we still got to continue working on it, that's what Free Jazz Network is for. Shine that light on y'all. We always say this is your show. So today is the Rico Bravo show. Absolutely. (laughs) You know what I mean? We just happen to be a part of it. That's it, man. We just want to have a little conversation with you. That's it. Oh, yeah. Um, You're so multifaceted. Where do I want to go with this? 
where, where did your love for music come from? When did that start? As my love for music has been basically my entire life, just cause um, grew up around my dad and just sitting in the back seat with him, and he's just bumping records super hard, and I saw he react to it, jumping and all that shit, mm-hmm. and rapping along with it, and then. Sometimes he would just make me freestyle in the car, whether I was just talking about <laughs> little kid shit like school and all that. He used to always just get a big ass kick out of me rapping. So, you know, it started when I was six. Like, he has it somewhere on video camera. I ain't seen that shit in about 15 years, but um, I used to just try to write stuff and then go up to him and read it to him and see how he reacts. And, um, he go crazy about it every time, so I just always liked impressing my dad and shit. Cause you know I wasn't always just, even though I played every sport, I wasn't like the best at none of that shit. So music, I saw he acted with that, and I wanted to keep on doing it, but I never really just actually been recording and all that shit until I was about sixteen, seventeen. But mm. I've been writing my entire life, but I just didn't really know the gift I had. I just. I enjoyed writing, like I could write about anything, especially while I was in school, like say seventh grade, teacher just pissed me off and I write about how she's fat and lonely, like all insane <laughs> 10 minutes and all that shit. And then um, just little shit, like I'd be ready to play basketball in Big Friday. I remember I wrote like a whole, oh let's do it freestyle. Hold on, hold on, hold on, this man said, Big hey, man. Friday. Man, that hey, used man. to be the shit, man. Big, big. big Friday. That's some real Columbus shit. Right. That's some real Columbus <laughs> middle school shit. <laughs> big, big Friday. Friday. That Nigga, shit was I personal. That shit was like the finals tour is trying to get to Big Friday and Bruh, everything. I haven't heard somebody <laughs> talk about Big Friday. <laughs> in forever. In at least 10 years. <laughs> I don't think y'all really know how legendary that fucking is. I, like, I know you do, oh, yeah. but just like, bruh, Big Friday. That shit next. For the for the listener, that's that's some cool shit. Keep going. Yeah, sure, I, I remember like I'd be about to fucking play in that shit, and before then, I remember I wrote like a whole "Oh Let's Do It" freestyles talking about straight basketball, like. I got my jump shot down. I don't need no rebound. Like, I was just, I was just doing some shit like that. And um, you know, by the time I got to to high school, I was still doing that shit. But then that's when um, I met I met Glizzy, and like um, you know, he was just Drew Richie at the time. He wasn't even rich. He wasn't even Richie at the time. Like um, he was he was Pedro, and um, we had this little shit going on called A One M G, like Ambitions One's music group. It was me, and then we had somebody named um, Diego. Shout out to Kalen Page. And then um, with that, I was like, okay, I'm Rico. And then we just always used to be writing this shit and talking about what we were going to do, this and that. And then um, I moved to Houston after my junior year, so we kind of went our separate ways, and I still never had no music recorded till then. But... You know, I was still writing and whatnot, and then my first time I actually put shit to the mic was, um, I was 17, and one Christmas my mom got me this little, this little mic, just like a regular mic, and I had never opened that shit for like a whole six months, but I had it, and then, um, I just started fucking around with a little app called Audacity, and then from 
like junior year to senior year, I made like a whole bunch of music and albums that you can't even find no more because I took them all down. But, um, <laughs> I used to just make a whole bunch of shit. I had a whole series like I'm up next one, I'm up next two, and um. <laughs> It's like basic generic This nigga This nigga is a Like Real rapper Like you know what I'm saying Like you really Did this shit Right Yeah Were you at Houston The time you was recording Those songs You said 17 You were in Houston then My Houston situation Is so off and on Cause um I moved to Houston After my sophomore year And then I only lived there For the summer And like the first Two weeks of school And then my parents split And then with that happening we ended up basically not having a home, and uh, we were staying at my uncle's in Powder Springs, like in Cobb County, for a little while. And then that's when I really started recording and all that shit, and started meeting people that, you know, I still talk to here and now. Then, like for example, um, Stino Guapo Cam, like the one of one guys. Like I met them while I was going to school that way during that time period. Oh, so you been knew them? Yeah, I've I've known them for a minute, but um. We weren't we weren't kicking it through high school. We didn't we didn't really actually start getting up until I first moved back up to Atlanta, like around 2018, I want to say. And then um, I don't even know how it happened, but it was just like we just said, let's work on something. And then we got together, and then we just had a chemistry, and then we all became boys. How do you, how how is that like you? It's just, it's crazy how life works. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. at one point, you kicking it with some, I mean, you seeing niggas, like, you fuck with them or whatever. They, you, if you see them, you dap them up. What's popping? How you, how, whatever going. And then, you go, on, you go on about your business. Years later, these same people who you was just cool with. Right. Now, y'all niggas is like. Like brothers. brothers And then you just like Damn bro We wasted all this time Not kicking shit in high school Just to Meet here right. Like of course It's for a reason And of course Like um, It's it's still beautiful You know yeah. what I'm saying Cause shit is It's up But like Like you said You kinda think like Damn like What, what made us back then Not really Click Cause we could've been Like you said We could've been kicking shit yeah, but at the same time, that was kind of on me because, like, at the time I went to that school, you know, I had my regrets a little bit of not being more social active during that time because, like, what I was just telling you, like, my parents split and everything, I just had a whole bunch of shit going on. So I was one of them kids that just came to school pissed off every day. Like, I just didn't, I wasn't talking to nobody for real except for my teammates at the time or then a few people that'd be at my lunch table. But that's how I met John Beats also because, mm -hmm. um, he was my teammate in wrestling, and we had never even actually been talking through then. And then, um, like you were saying, after high school, he was making beats, and I was still emerging as far as recording music goes. And then we just like, bro, we got to get some shit going. And then we clicked like that, and that was another situation where it was like, damn, bro, we should have been kicking shit. You think? You think just. You know, when everything, ha like I said, everything happens for a reason. Do you feel like, just like some of the music that you were recording earlier that you said you got rid of, you can't even go and find it now. Had you linked up at that point in your life, those songs would end up being the same way? 
honestly, I think they still they still would have been trash, honestly, because I was still I was still finding myself as far as that went. When I say trash, I mean just like I wasn't really I wasn't really talking about much, but at the same time, I always was still having metaphors and all that shit. And I was also at a time when. I was still listening to Eminem really hard, so I'd be trying to rap fast and all that shit, just like him, and it just wasn't really it. It wasn't you. It it wasn't you. Yeah, it wasn't me, but at the same time, it was me. But like I was just saying, I was still finding my sound and having fun with the shit. It wasn't like I was too worried about who listened to it or whatever. I was still putting it out, but I didn't really care who was listening to it Mm. or... What? Cause I didn't have people really just know who Rico Bravo was yet. Right. When was that? What was the record for you that did it? Shit. Um. I don't even know what record. Cause it wasn't even no specific. Maybe you you can say Stone Cold, but I had people fucking with me before then, bro. Like um. I was just simply doing my thing, and then I remember. I was going to college at Texas Southern for a year, and I came back down to visit. This was August 2015, and I was with my dog Aunt Waters, and we were at the um, we were at the food court in the mall, and I swear to God on my life, bro, like um, it was these young ass kids at the time. They had to be like in the eighth or ninth grade or whatever, and these these niggas were excited as fuck, like like you're Rico Bravo, whatever, and it was all like um. Are you cousins with um with Donovan whatever? And it was like, bro, I love your music and all that shit. And they started rapping it to me, and I was like, bro, this shit is crazy. And then um from there, that just gave me a lot of confidence to keep doing what I was doing and go super hard with it. And as time went on, then I just had people who followed me on Instagram just gravitating to it. And then also me rapping, it was like one of them. It was one of them things where it was just like. You know, I don't want to say like I know everybody, but I know everybody and everybody knows me, even if I don't really kick it with them. So when I first started rapping, it was one of them things where it was like, oh shit, JP rapping or whatever. So it was just like, let me see what this nigga talking about, whatever. And then I was really talking about something and then I had people fucking with me, like as far as my Instagram went. Right. And then I started knowing like shit was real also at the time period when, um, I dropped snippets for like a video or whatever and I would just say something simple like give me 30 comments and I'm gonna drop this and then I was getting double what I asked for like 60s 90s that ain't no big deal but a lot of people don't get that shit and just the fact that I'm asking for 30 and then I'm getting double I'm just like damn people really like this shit so yeah, it was a, it's a big yeah. deal cause right. niggas is tuned in yeah niggas fuck with you you know what I'm saying? That's a big deal, regardless whether it's nine ninety nine hundred thousand. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, to have that interaction with your fans, like, how does that make you like? For what does what does that mean to you? <laughs> Having that interaction, and is it important for an artist? It is important for an artist, but um that type of shit was really more important to me when I was still a kid, like 18, 19, 20 years old. But even though it'd be cool to have that shit, I don't really care about it anymore. And um, 
I don't know if you probably even noticed, but I've deleted that Instagram that I had like in the past year and I started over completely fresh and since then I've just really been um I've been more happy as far as my music goes because I went through a time where I just stopped doing shit for like two whole years and when I started over fresh and I was saying okay they really still fucking with me because they still follow me and they still commenting on shit like this I'm like okay I know who's all with me now because at the time period I just had so many people following me and I just felt like it was a lot of halfway love and fake love and I wanted to separate all that shit so I started over and like all that Instagram shit it honestly don't even matter to me no more and mm -hmm. it's less of a distraction anyways because I don't have too many people to look at or too many people looking at me and how important is it just to keep your integrity in your music it's very important your integrity that's that's who you are for real yeah, you know I feel like a lot of times artists you know especially younger artists they, they get caught up in man I, okay this the wave right now let me do that you know what I mean and yeah. it's like it's easy to do that you know especially when you get eager you're like man I want this hit you know, oh, I want to be on the radio. You know, oh, I want to be played in this club. And I know I got to make this kind of music for that to happen. You know what I mean? But it sounds like just listening to you that you've gotten comfortable enough to where you're like, nah, I'm going to stay in my lane. You know what I mean? And, and whichever way that takes me, that's the way it's going to take you. Basically, because I, I got out of that mindset that you were just talking about. Because um, even like in my time period 2018 when I was dropping like Bravzilla and Sting I was still in that frame of mind where it was like bro I gotta make it hit and everything like um it, st it's, it started becoming more like a job than just something I enjoyed doing and it started taking the fun out of it for me because um like you saying you're trying to concentrate so hard on making a hit so when you at the drawing board trying to create whatever that don't seem like they hit to you. You just start being down on yourself, and you just trash that motherfucker, and you start having writer's block because you're thinking too hard about it. And when you're just doing the shit just to have fun with it, everything just flows so smooth, and then you just start making the best version of your music. And that's where I feel like I'm at right now. Even though I'm not putting all of it out, you know, I haven't even been going to no studio. I've just been in my room just recording shit on my phone with with a fucking um with earbuds and right i've been having like the time of my life doing that shit a lot of it i gotta redo but i feel like i've brought out the best version of myself just having fun with it and i can't wait to put it out for the people because it, it sounds like to me too it's like you gave your chance time like you gave yourself a, a chance to get to know you that's why you push back from social media. Yeah. And then once you push back from social media, came back, you said you started from ground zero. So you, it's almost like becoming a new artist again. Mm. Pretty so much. It's, it's <clears throat> you know, you, you're a new artist and going through these different changes. Like, where do, where, where does some of these alter egos come from? I wouldn't say that anything is an alter ego really for the most part a lot of this shit is just phases in my life like how old I was or what I was doing at the time like you know the times when I was making like 
Brobzilla and all that shit, you know, I was down here on Wickham, just all over the place with, with Devo, just in some type of scheme or whatever, every single night. So I just like, life was fun and fast. And then um, when I moved away and I wasn't really around anyone no more, life was just slow and it was just me and myself pretty much. And then it was just like, damn, I need something else to talk about now. Mm. First, but, first off, you did a phenomenal job on on Robzilla, bro. I appreciate that, bro. Like I, I want to tell you that, bro. I went, I dove back into it today, and that shit slaps, bro. I'm not gonna lie, yeah. that shit slaps. And and as far as like you said, like you said, I like the way that you say that those times. It's not an Aussie ego, but it's more so like just phases in my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like start like become starting Rico brought the name Rico Bravo to fast forward now Coach Marshall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, to, and for you to sit back like that's a time timestamp. Yeah. Like I don't think that's that's dope. Because the greatest artist to in the world, they have timestamps of you know who they were at that particular time. Like yay, Louis Vuitton done. That's Vintage Yay. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeezy or Yeezus. That's a that's a timestamp. That's a part, but that was the phase that he was in in his life. Even yeah. the even from the, the 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 way he was dressed. Right. So for you to do that. And I don't know, I don't know a lot of artists that that in our circle or that's in our reach that's doing that or done that. Right. Like that's dope, bro. And even if they have done it, have the, I guess the know of okay, no, these were just phases. You know what I mean? Not necessarily um, attempting to be someone else. You know what I mean? But these are literally just phases of my life, like you said. You know, I think, like you said, a lot of times, either they're not doing it or they just not aware. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not aware. But you ask about alter ego, though, and I've really been recently just, like, trying to create those just for the simple fact that I'm involved in this wrestling world now. And then to be a successful wrestler, for the most part, just from doing my homework and seeing folks like, you know, like Mick Foley and whatnot, you got to have those alter egos and go through those phases and you know just see just see what which one pops to the people but at the same time then you go back to just being you. like a you but that's that's, that's facts yeah. cause some people may not know Mick Foley as mankind yeah or do love you know, right or Cactus Jack <laughs> right you know what I'm saying like and and then with that too is like when did you become a fan you know what I'm saying like were you a fan when I was Mick Foley yeah and it towards like the end of my career that nigga found success in all of them right that shit nuts or was you a a fan when I was getting thrown off the hell in the cell yeah (laughs) or did you like Mr. Sacco you know what I'm saying (laughs) like that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is what era of wrestling do you like mostly identify with? 
Um, I mostly identify with um, the ruthless aggression time from like 2003 to like 2007 where you know John Cena was emerging from the word life rapper to right being the face of the whole entire company mm -hmm. like that that was my time even though you know I've watched Attitude Era for the most part I was like four or five years old though so I've right. been recently just watching all that shit from scratch on Peacock and it's crazy because looking back on it like the like the content as far as like storylines and the characters that shit was amazing but as far as the wrestling goes and the matches mm -hmm. they were slick kind of ass like compared to um how shit started evolving in 2005 when you started having like um Rey Mysterio's and Brock Lesnar's and all that shit you know it was like real wrestlers and not so many just you know, washed up football players that just <laughs> put on tights or whatever. A lot of them really couldn't wrestle, but they just had really good characters and they yeah. were able to stick with it. Is that, but that's important though sometimes. Though. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta be able to sell that character. You don't gotta be able to wrestle a lick sometimes. How does that make you feel? You just, you know, you, you know, you watch your Instagram and, and you see that you out there training. You know what I mean? You out there getting to it. You working on your craft. Yeah. But, you also know that in some of these bigger companies, um, that it's really all about the character. So where do you find that balance? Right now, I'm just soaking it all in because right now this shit is just, even though I'm not even where I want to be with it, this is a dream come true that I'm actually out here wrestling because that's just been some shit that I've been talking about my entire life. And I was like seven years old. Like, you know, on career day when I was a kid, if you asked me what I was going to be, I was going to tell you a... Uh, a wrestler and then you know that was just like a lot of your average regular kid also everybody wanted to be wrestlers so just to do that shit it's already it's amazing and then um the support I'm getting it's unreal also because for the most part I wasn't nervous to do it but I also felt like people were gonna be ignorant and just being like are you you doing this fake ass shit or whatever but you know a lot of people you know they're telling me to the side like bro you're really an inspiration bro like you doing two things I've always wanted to do at the same time, like making music and wrestling. So mm -hmm. that shit just gives me a push right there. But going back to what you were just asking me, um, as far as knowing like what like what companies specifically are focused on the character, I don't mind spending some years in the indies to, you know, find that and put in the work and earn my stripes. You know, I don't want to just get trained and then just try out for NXT and then get onto a WWE roster and they just you know either throw me in the I'll just be an undercarder until I get released I don't really have no character cause I'm not respected like that I'd rather kinda take the AJ Styles route like you know where he spent like years in yeah. the indies everywhere like building his net worth so by the time he got to WWE they had to push him cause he had the biggest pop from the fans as far as like a debut went because everybody knew who he was. And he already had the cachet. Yeah, that's what I want to do for myself before I even try to get into those big brands. Sound like an independent artist. <laughs> right. Basically. <laughs> basically. Real, like, I'm going to stay independent, get my money, <laughs> get my chops. <laughs> when you put it like that, it's, it's, yeah, it's the exact, the same, exact thing. same thing. So, how do you... What's some what's some things that you've learned in music that you take along in wrestling? As far as music, it's just like um, 
being able to um to talk on the mic like when it's time to because um there's there are times when I'm in training you know it's not specifically just all out wrestling when you're in. Who are you wrestling for? I'm in this company called um Deep South Wrestling and that's um that's hosted by referee Nick Patrick. He used to be with WCW WWE for a long time. Like, Pop your shit, Rico. Yeah, he know he knows I'm everybody. Familiar, like I'm familiar with Nick Patrick. That's got, crazy. What you said? I'm like Nick Patrick. He got stories about Andre the Giant. Like anybody yeah, you can name. Like he's, he's worked with all of them. So um. For the most part, it's more than just wrestling. Like when they'll pull you to a side, they'll teach you how to do commentary sometimes in case you get that role in a big company. They'll teach you how to do manager shit on the side of the ring. They teach you how to referee. And then there's just moments where they'll just tell you to stand in front of a the iPhone and um just freestyle the whole promo. And then they try to like do character development for you. So just me being who I am with Rico Bravo, I'm able to put some of that together and then also I'm still keeping the name Rico Bravo like as I wrestle because you know um, just this whole dream now like what I want to do in life all this shit is it's deeper than music now because at one point in time like I was telling you 2018 all I knew was music and that was just like this is all I want for myself I didn't I didn't really know anything else and um now I'm in this wrestling shit. It's all about a brand, honestly. So, you know, I want to be the best I could be in wrestling. I want to be the best I could be in music. But to keep it real with you, I want more success in wrestling than in music, honestly. Because, like I told you, this was my first love before I even got into music. Right. So, what I'm really trying to do with this shit, I'm trying to be like the Chris Jericho of rap. Like, you know, <laughs> you know Chris Jericho does his thing, world right. champion, and then... He can have his little seasons where you know he just takes a break and then he's touring with his band Fozzy. I was like, yeah, he does, he does music too. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I you know I, I of course I knew Chris Jericho, but I didn't know that he does. In a rock band. That's hard. Like he yeah. front man. Yeah, he's the lead singer. Yeah. What? That shit, man. That shit nuts. But they they <laughs> like really like selling records. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit crazy. That's yeah. hard. When you when you see things like that though, does that give you a like a sense of confidence? Be like, okay, there's there's wrestlers who, I guess, done both. You know what I mean? When you look at the Chris Jericho's of the world, you can even say John Cena's of the world because he got albums out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like The Rock, The Rock, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, when when you see when you look at that. Does it give you a sense of confidence to like I can do both and be successful? It gives me a great sense of confidence just for the simple fact. You know, I asked one of my trainers one time, just like, you know, I asked him like in the Indies, like, how do y'all make y'all's money when y'all are doing like shows in small gyms, or whatever? And he was all like, truth be told, the game is is selling merch, and um, you know, he was telling me you just um, put on a great match, win or lose, and get a big pop, and then um, stay around to meet the fans after these little shows and they're gonna wanna buy your merchandise and then um at the same time with that I'm just like, you know, I can tell these people about my music also then at the same time I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own theme song, you feel me? So, you know, people are gonna end up asking like what's your theme song? Where can I find it or who made it? You know, I'd be like, you know, that's me. And, under um, the same name. Yeah, under the same <laughs> exact name. You know, I I learned I learned basically doing that through um through our truth but something I learned because with him you know he's been in TNA and all that shit and he's had the same theme song ever since because he's sung this shit 
But say for instance, you're somebody on the level like like Kurt Angle or something like that, and you decide to leave WWE, and people know you for that song that he has. You know, the You Suck. Yeah. Like, um, WWE has their own producers and all that shit, so they own those songs, so I can't just go to another company and take that and song with it. me. Yeah, so me making my own shit, I'll take that with me everywhere, and everybody knows what's going on with it. But, you know, I still, been at the same time, I haven't really been telling everybody that I wrestle with that I even make music because I don't want to get put into that box. Like I was just telling you, like a um, like a R truth. Like one, like one of my biggest fears. Well, not fears, cause I just would tell them hell no. Nah, but um, I don't want to get put into no box where they think just because I rap, I, I got to be a rapper gimmick. I got to be a rapper gimmick, or I got to go out there and be. Crime time, you feel me? Just, yeah, like, I'm, on some corny. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that shit at all. Yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to just be just just a, a, a regular Columbus nigga, kind of like kind of like Booker T. He's a main eventer, but at the same time, you know, he's a real Houston nigga while he wrestles and he puts on main event matches. I just want to be a Col- a Columbus dude mixed with Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles. Like, you feel me? <laughs> so, right. I, th- I think that is, I think that is so important because when you when you said it, you know, especially when you said I want to keep my name the same, that was one of the things I thought of, and it was like, you know, that got to be a fear of being put in that box. You know what I mean? Like you said, uh, of crime time and and, mm-hmm. and and rest in peace to the Shad. Shad, yeah, Shad passed away. You know, rest in peace to him. But you know, they were ultimately put in the box. Yeah, I don't know if that's what they wanted, but that's what it appears to me. You know what I mean? Or, or like I said, our truth where you, you get out there and you rapping in the ring now. You know what I mean? You out there dancing and it's like, I just want to wrestle. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? That's it. Right. Because, I mean, the artists, I mean, the, the rest that you name, Shawn Michaels, AJ Styles, they get out there and they do their thing. It ain't none of that extra stuff. Well, I mean, it, it's extra stuff, yeah. but it ain't that, you know. They not they not rapping because your <laughs> name is Rico Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, if anything, you... You got a, a a show because your name is Rico Bravo. Like you, you know, you got a sold out event in wrestling and a sold out show. Right. That's hard. But I'm also really confident about it. Like going back, we were talking about because um, even though I told you I haven't even told everybody I wrestle with that I make music. You know, I, I carpool with somebody sometimes that I train with and um. I played my shit in his car one time, and um, I specifically played like the Xbox, the Xbox joint, Stone Cold, and like Goldust, and I just played you know some of my regular shit like Old Boy and all that. And he was losing his mind like more than the average person that listens to my shit. Cause a lot, cause a lot of times, I've always since I've been rapping been using like wrestler like, like yeah wrestler references that people just ain't gonna catch unless they really been. Tap watching in. that shit yeah so playing it for him he was losing his mind like I said a line like like I'd be in China like X-Pac that nigga said oh my fucking god <laughs> yeah. like all that shit cause if you know the origin I ain't gonna talk about that shit but if you know the origin with X-Pac in China then it's just like yeah yep. damn so um when I saw he popped off of that shit I was like bro this shit is gonna fucking work in this wrestling world you know like I, yeah. I, like, like I put in the work I do in the ring and then let these folks hear, like, you know, the Stone Cold, like, the, the wrestling shit that wrestling fans are like, 
you know, I have like a whole entire wrestling audience already just listening to my music and you know, that's all I really want. Like I don't really wanna be I don't really wanna be no big time rap star. I used to, but you know, all I really wanna be is just I wanna be known and then I wanna just wanna be you know, just respect it as far as when you talk about music, but for the most part, I just want to be able to monetize with my shit, like, um, be able to make enough to pay rents and mortgages and all that shit just off of my music alone, but still just wrestle and be who I am. Right. Do you, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, do you see a, a, a continuing theme with, I guess, making music after wrestlers, like, you know, the West Side Guns, the, the, the Dizzles? You know what I mean? They they got albums, they got projects themed after wrestling. Like, do you see that being a? Definitely see that, cause um, especially now since, cause since I've gotten back into actually doing the doing the wrestling for real, like my love for wrestling, like it came back to that level from when I was like eight years old, and that it took a long time to get that back. I want to say after around about two thousand thirteen, I fell off with wrestling. Like I still would always keep up and know what's going on. But I wasn't just watching it every week and everything, so for the most part, the wrestlers I was naming, it was just shit from like off the top of my head. But now I just been binge watching like Monday Night Raw from 94 to 98. So I'm seeing all these names and, you know, the Razor Ramones and all that shit. I'm just like, man, I got a lot of shit to talk about when I get (laughs) get back into this shit. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to continue that. And then, um, I had talks with um with Hartman all the time, and shout out that man. Hell yeah, shout out to him for real. One of the first people that believed in me. Yeah. Um, what where did that relationship come come from? That relationship came through basically um working at Foot Locker, cause um we didn't work together at Foot Locker, but he's worked there at a, at, a, at a point in time and um. Davo, like he was the he was the store manager at the time. So um like outside of Foot Locker, it was like a, it was just a whole Foot Locker circle. Like it used to be me, Davo, and then um like I said, Hartman and um he was fucking with my music really hard and then we just clicked and then he had FLGM going on at the time period and um you know, me and Davo were rocking it and he also, I found out like later in time that he was literally like walking distance from my grandma's house. So that's wild. Yeah, so we just got really tight and kick it all the time. That's my brother. But we had we had an idea going where he was gonna host like a little project, and it was gonna be like a little compilation of like different people though, like like Gumbo, like Davo, it was gonna be a whole compilation and we were gonna call that motherfucker like Royal Rumble. And it was basically like at the end of every song, you know how that shit goes, and then the next person comes out, uh-huh. yeah. it was gonna be like that. Like every song was gonna end like that and it was gonna be like the Royal Rumble. That shit does. Yeah, man, we might have to edit that. I don't want nobody to know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's some, that's some cold. Yeah. That's some cold shit. Yeah, man. That, that nigga a mastermind for real. Yeah, he's a mastermind, and he he's tapped in with the um with the Deep South Wrestling also, cause mm-hmm. um they hired him to be like um like responsible for like marketing, and um he's gonna be making merchandise for, like for us when it's time for that. 
But we really got a blessing in disguise, like how, cause we both got plugged in at the same exact time. So, so they didn't, they didn't know y'all knew each other. Yeah, they did after, cause um, basically um, he talked to the people that let me let me tell you how this happened. So um, a month ago, we went to this little event, cause Booker, you know the little thing they got on the um A and E channel, the biographies of the wrestlers they've been dropping every Sunday. Mm-hmm. They did an early screening of the Booker T one. And it was at a little drive-in theater, so we went there. And then um, when we went, we saw the crowd. We saw this crowd standing around this dude. And at first, we like, bro, that nigga look like Kevin Nash. Like, who is this? And no, it wasn't him. Oh, boy, oh, it wasn't him. Boy, oh, uh, <laughs> nigga, you met Kevin Nash. Nigga, that's nuts. That shit um, nuts. Hey, you really led us into that bro, shit. Too. My face <laughs> lit that, up. That's, that's what it was, though. But um, it ended up being a guy that was a producer for WCW named Neil Pruitt, and he's got his own little podcast also called um, called Stories of Nitro. Like he tells all the stories from that WCW Nitro. Nitro, cause he 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 basically wrote the promos for NWO and all that shit. So he was just giving us all these little wrestling stories for about an hour, and then um, I was telling him I was like, man, I used to always want to wrestle when I was a kid, but then I don't know. And I was like, I was like, bro. I'm, I'm too small and then he was like you're not too small like you've seen these wrestlers nowadays like the Leo Rushes and the Drake Mavericks just all this Japan shit all these guys are like like 5'8 5'10 now and for the most part he was like you're the same height as Eddie Guerrero and they just, just make him look taller on TV that's true so he told me that shit and I was just like oh oh yeah and then um, he was like if you want to train um, Nick Patrick has, has a thing in Griffin, Georgia called Deep South Wrestling and then um I can I can introduce y'all or whatever and then um Hartman wanted to make clothes for the wrestling company like I was saying so he got the phone number first and he was showing off the merchandise and all that and then he was all like and I also got a friend that he wants to wrestle as well so then um they called me after that saying that um that Justin Hartman told us to call you and um I was like, yeah, I want to wrestle. And then they said, just come this Sunday. And since I came, I haven't looked back since. And you know, now it's just like what I plan on making as a career. But it's just crazy how it all happened. Because there's an opportunity for the both of us. That shit is nuts, bro. Bro, that's, that's some real shit. But they don't, they, bro, we got to celebrate real niggas, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah. We got to celebrate real niggas because they don't do. I personally seen like niggas not get their credit you know what I'm saying so for him to even have that thought of yo my partner wanna wrestle I'm in front of the wrestling folks let me make this plug real quick while I'm getting my shit off like that's that's some real shit man yeah that's some real shit bro have you had your first match Nah, I'm not gonna have that probably until I want to say like November winter. Like I was telling you, I've only been training for a month now. And, what's, uh, what's the training like? I mean, first of all, it's a grind. Like you really gotta be, you gotta really love wrestling to even get past the first two practices, cause it's a lot of running. Cause you know, you look at the pay per view matches. Them guys are wrestling like 30, 20 minutes, and then. Yeah. I don't know if y'all done the amateur wrestling like in high school before, but just a simple one, two minute round, you mm-hmm. gassed after that. So it, it's a it was a lot of running and um, jumping because um, 
you know, you do the little Irish whip, they do the little leapfrog jump over them when they duck down and yeah. all that shit. Like, it's a lot of shit. Too. Like, wrestling is really an art. And I've always respected the sport, but just going through that shit, I respect that shit way more than I ever have before. And I would take true offense if somebody tells me that shit's fake. Because something also you really got to get build a tolerance to take bumps in the ring because that ring is no hoe at all like you know that shit when you first start doing that shit that shit feels like you just falling on bouncy ass wooden planks and that's basically what it is so that first week i was doing that shit my back was stiff as shit my neck was stiff as shit and then um i was walking like an old man for that, for that first <laughs> week and then i was saying like um you know I ain't gonna give up on this, but I'm like, damn, bro. I don't know how these folks do this shit every fucking week or every night. And then um, you just keep doing that shit, and body grows used to it. But for after that, it's so much to learn. Like, you got to learn how to do the moves correctly, because for the most part, you're not doing the move yourself. Like actually lifting the motherfucker. Like for, you got to have a good partner that you have a good chemistry with to be able to collaborate on these moves y'all are doing together so y'all don't botch these and really hurt y'all selves and with us doing that I just been thinking also like damn bro me and my cousins really could have been killing each other like when we used to be wrestling like in the in the living room or outside cause you know, they teach you how to properly do a suplex like a headlock all that shit and we was doing that shit crazy when we were kids <laughs> but man it's, it's, it's a whole art to that, to that wrestling shit cause like I said, you got to know what you're doing as far as the moves go. You got to be physically fit for it. And then you got to um, you gotta have that character as well, be able to talk. It's so much to it. So I got a long way to go, but I'm catching on really fast. What's your favorite? Oh, go ahead. Part favorite. Of your favorite part of the process? Shit, my favorite part of the process is just besides um, the improvement, that I've been make, seeing the improvement I've made from the first weeks, that's a beautiful thing. And then also, um, just being in a room full of people that have the same dream as me and love wrestling as much as I do. Like I can sit there and bring up any match. Like, bro, do you remember fucking in your house in 1998? Like I can talk to them about that shit. I can't really just do that shit with anybody. So I really be feeling at home in there. And right. You know, they, they treat me like their own, like, immediately after the first practice. You know, they put me in their little group chat telling me, like, when practice is, and I haven't missed any of them, but they tell me when practice is. They give me all this little information, and they bring in trainers who have been all over Japan and Mexico, and it's just, I love it more and more every time I go in there. Like I said, I'm living a dream, so right now it's just... I'm a whole little ass kid in the candy store right now. <laughs> I'm glad, man, that you you said that you're willing to argue with somebody about some wrestling state because it don't get the credit it deserves. At all. You know what I mean? It, it, the wrestlers, them being athletes the way they're athletes. You know what I mean? Like you said, I don't care what you say. The average person ain't ready to fall off no turnbuckle. Ain't ready to fall off no ladder. You know what I mean? Like, you can't fake that. Them shit's hurt. You gonna hit yeah. that mat and you gonna feel that motherfucker like it ain't pillows on that mat. You know what I mean? And it's like that's what people fail to realize. They be like, oh, that shit fake. Uh, you can break your neck if you ain't landing right. You know what I mean? You, you can really hurt yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 
I'm glad that you that you just mentioned that, man, because people just get so wrapped up in the, I guess the theatrics. You know what I mean? Or yeah. like you said, it's a it's a it's a teamwork effort. Yeah. It's you and your partner, and people get so wrapped up in that that they totally eliminate the risk that you're actually taking every time you go out there. They eliminate the risk of that, but you know they still be infatuated with action movies and not not talking down on anime, but anime and all the Marvel movies. But then they'll say wrestling's fake, and I'm like, come on, like it's it's all it's all falls under entertainment. I've heard somebody recently say that, like, and it's true. You know what I'm saying? Like when you start looking at it as it's fake. And start looking at it as entertainment because you you watch wrestling, but I mean you watch reality TV, but you got something to talk about wrestling about. Exactly. Like what are we talking about? <laughs> like what are we talking? Bro, it's the same shit. You you like rap music? <laughs> Them niggas, a lot of niggas not not living the life. Not living that life, but it's entertainment. How do you feel about? Wrestlers or or boxers dibbling, dabbling in other fields. You know what I mean? Like UFC fighters going into boxing, wrestlers going into UFC. Like, how do you feel about that? I actually like it. I like for one, I feel like it's good for the sport, and then um, it's just it's entertaining. Like for like for instance, I remember being really excited when um. Brock Lesnar came into the UFC. Mm-hmm. Like that was the craziest shit to me. And he was actually dominating in that mug. And then um actually held a championship in that mug. Then CM Punk did all that big ass fuck WWE shit. And he said I'm gonna fight. And then that was like hella entertaining to see him get his ass whooped in there. So you know I I, I enjoy that shit, especially like um like I enjoy these celebrities trying to box. Yeah. With the whole what is it, Jake, Jake Paul, Paul. And, and and Floyd, so you don't feel like there's, there's like disrespect in it, like disrespecting the craft almost. Only thing I feel like is disrespecting is the fact that um they're making more money than um you know people that have that's been grinding. that have been that have trained their whole entire life for this shit since they were like six years old, but um this now I think about it, you say that yeah. It is pretty disrespectful just for the fact that um Jake Paul is even fighting Floyd, honestly, because realistically, we all know how the shit's going to go. Yeah. We all know. and um, It's a money play. It's a money play. And like we were just saying, there's people who grind their whole lives trying to, trying to fight down the rankings just to get to the level to be able to call Floyd out. And this motherfucker only had two matches against no boxers at all you know this motherfucker fought Nate Robinson <laughs> UFC fight and it's just like he instantly gets to fight Floyd you know that shit if I was a if I was a pro boxer I'd be pretty pissed yeah. well, well this this the brother Florida's fighting Logan not not Jake yeah, oh, okay. yeah. regardless Logan, Logan ain't I think Logan 0 and 1 I don't think he beat nobody he hasn't yeah so yeah it's the other one it's the other it's one it's a money play and he's gonna end up fight. he's gonna end up fighting Jake too especially if he done yeah. took his hat and shit but what I still feel like is gonna happen <laughs> I can just I can just see some shit happening where it's just like he takes out he takes out Logan and then after that him and Jake talk trash and be like, I'll beat you too. Like I just I can just see Floyd fighting both of them niggas no, in the same it's night. It's gonna happen. Same night. All about the same night. That's that's gonna be nuts. But it's I I think Cause it's Floyd ain't gonna bust a sweat happen. fighting these dudes. Nah. 
What's um? I want to change the trajectory of the conversation a little bit. How do you feel about like the streaming era coming into uh, wrestling? Like now, it ain't you know you have to wait until Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday, or what? SmackDown come on on Fridays now, or, or, yeah, still, or is it still Fridays? Thursdays? Okay, it used to be Thursday right now, but I yeah. remember that, huh? So I remember that. Yeah, like so. Now you can stream stream it and watch it whenever you want to. It's um, I have a love hate for it. Like I like I like it just for the simple fact that for the price of ten dollars a month, you know, I can catch every pay per view that comes on, and then I can just. I like being able to go down memory lane and backtrack on shit that I've missed or just shit that I haven't seen in a long time. But the only thing about the streaming era is just um, I feel like it it kills the um the excitement for a pay per view. Like I used to have like it used to be way more exciting when um it was actual pay per view. Yeah. And the shit was like four hours and all that shit. And then um now it's just. I don't know. I so, get it. So now you can you can subscribe to what I'm assuming what Peacock. Yeah. And and you can catch the pay per views now. Yeah, like live. Damn. What? I ain't know that. Uh, that's that's kind of nuts. I would think they'd be losing hella money like that. I would, but <laughs> they probably reaching a, a larger audience too though. A billion subscribers on Peacock. <laughs> hey, but yeah, that's 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 crazy. That is crazy. Do they teach y'all like the business at um, DSA? Along the way, but like I said, I've only been in there for a month. So it's just like, even though I do ask a lot of questions in there, it's just at the same time, I know what to ask and what not to ask. So it's just like, um, I tell myself like, slow down grasshopper, like just soak all this in first and, and learn the wrestling and mm-hmm. then get to that. But I know for the most part, um. Like I told you, these guys that I've been around, they've been everywhere and they know everyone. So it ain't nothing for them to get you a tryout at some place that you want to be. But they teach you how to, because it's almost like a real job. Like as far as creating your resume, you have to make a real resume. Tell these people everywhere that you've been. Create a little promo video to send to each promoter. Like telling them who you are and everything to make them want to bring you to their their gym. Mm -hmm. So... They teach you a lot about the business, but I haven't really learned too much yet, but I'm always just listening and I hear stories about it all the time. Like I hear I hear the funniest stories from Nick about just his times as a referee and or just simply him telling me who smokes, who I wouldn't have imagined smoked. It's just funny. Like smoke weed. Yeah, like 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 he he told me Teddy Long smokes weed, and I thought that was the funniest shit. I feel like that was almost a given though. It he was. Looked, he <laughs> looks like he probably did. You know, it's like, like he he kind of gave that persona. He was already, I don't know, he might really actually talk like that, but he was already kind of giving the stereotype. You know what I mean? He'd be like, he'd be like, hey brother, this eyes going down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was already kind of giving the stereotypes. Right? That ain't even that surprising. That ain't that surprising. But that that's still nuts though. Yeah, that's hard. What's it like with Nick? Just knowing that the the people that Nick has been around, you know what I mean? Like, and for him to be doing this, almost like 
seeing somebody else, seeing y'all come up, you know what I mean? Like, he's going to be able to say, man, I remember when Rico, you know, was in my gym training. Like, do you think of, do you think ahead like that and think of stories like that? Um, I think about it, but for the most part, it's just sometimes it's still crazy to me that I'm even like, I'm even working with him. Cause like I told you, like I've been watching him on TV my entire life. Mm-hmm. Just him refereeing the biggest matches. Yeah. And um, for the most part, you know, you just gotta just just be you. Don't don't try to don't try to fan out and all that shit. Even though I ask a lot of questions, or to ask him to tell me stories about what happened on this night, like backstage or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I. For the most part, he sets an example because it's just like, damn, you've been through, you've been doing this for almost forty years, and you don't even have to keep on doing this shit. But it's just like you really love wrestling this much to just go out your way to just um, just train people for cheaper than what almost every other wrestling school will be asking for, and then um, also just seeing the other wrestlers who've had success somewhere, and. They tap in almost every week, ready to train the next person. You know, it's not like I already know everything, so I don't have to come back. And that's that's already just um an example that's set for me, cause like I was telling you before, I'm just seeing all these people that that really love this shit as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And even though I still got a long ways to go, you know, I look forward to being able to get to that point where. I've had success in the industry and then I can just go back and teach people how to wrestle that have always dreamed of it and then watch them progress from not being able to barely do anything in the ring. Man, that's hard, man. That's, that's hard. The fact that they show, they teach you all of Like, you, it won't be a lane that you can't get your foot in the door. Right. Like, that's dope. Like, Okay, I'm gonna show you how to be a wrestler, but I'm also gonna show you how to be a manager. I'm also gonna show you how to be a referee. Like, right? What you can put all that stuff on your resume. All that stuff, yeah. like they really, really make it like preparing y'all for success. Exactly, and then you know you're gonna find success somewhere because um, going back to what we were talking about with the streaming area, one of the great things about that is that um there are so many promotions all over the world that you can watch now like for instance when i was a kid when it was just still cable i knew what ring of honor was and i knew what new japan wrestling was and all that shit but i didn't know how on earth i was gonna be able to watch it and now you know you can watch tna on twitch like live when it's coming on or Mm -hmm. you can watch new japan on twitch you can watch everything streaming so people still gonna know who you are and you can still find success there it's not like People can only catch me on on the USA channel in Spike TV. Yeah. Did you did you like TNA? Did y'all like TNA? I loved TNA. I liked it all I, the way I until loved, about 2013. Yeah, I, I loved a certain era of TNA. Uh, See, I wasn't the biggest TNA fan. I, I can't say I was a big TNA fan, but but when Rhino has always been one of my favorite wrestlers. When oh, Rhino yeah. was doing his thing in TNA, but I was locked in. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Like, I thought that shit was so dope to me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, for him to be able to, for just for wrestlers to be able to go there and I guess reinvent it themselves. You know, they give themselves a second win because for some of those wrestlers when they go to TNA, they be really be catching a second win. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? With their career, like, it's, you know, some go there and they kind of fizzle on out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's, there's been that joke about TNA, you know, WWE wrestlers go there to bury their career. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean But there's been some Where it's like They go there And they literally Find success yeah. You know what I mean Like they've been able To duplicate it Yeah and then build Their net worth So when WWE Tries to hire them back They gotta take them More serious But yeah. My favorite time period Of TNA was specifically When um the, they were still six turnbuckles like it was a six sided ring it was an mm-hmm. octagon it wasn't just they don't do that no more they stopped doing that shit like around 2013 like see, I was I telling you yeah, like, I when I stopped that. with it see I only know about the octagon and then yeah. I love then I love TNA so much also at the time cause um there was a little thing in, in Columbus like years ago from like I wanna say 2005 to like 2007 it used to be at this little sports auditorium like near Cooper Creek I forgot what the building was called and um the, the guy that, that runs the gym now called Oates Gym is a guy named Jerry Oates he, like he's from down here and a lot of people don't know about this dude like he's like a wrestling legend like he's been all over the place he was one of the first people that actually told Vince McMahon to fuck off like I'm gonna do my thing and, um, he, he had his own little show called Great Championship Wrestling or Georgia Championship Wrestling mm-hmm. And they'd be down here every Thursday, and I didn't miss a show. And I've seen so many people from there, like, become stars or, like, AJ Styles used to be in that motherfucker. He used mm-hmm. to be in Columbus wrestling on Thursdays. And then um, I've seen... That shit nuts. I've seen... He from Atlanta, though. Yeah, he so, is. I mean, he wasn't like he was, like, super far. Yeah. And I've seen MVP in that motherfucker. That shit nuts. Like, it's, it's just crazy. And then... You see a lot of legends too. Like, I met Dusty Rhodes in there, and that shit was. I know you about lost your shit. Thinking about it now, it's crazy to me. But I met him. I was like seven years old, so I had never actually watched him wrestle before until that night. But um. Dusty's the dad. Yeah, right? he's the dad. That's Goldust. Yeah. Yeah, he's Goldust's dad. That's Goldust's dad. Goldust's dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um. And Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. But, but the way my dad would talk about Dusty Rhodes, you would have thought he was God or some shit. Like, um, every time I'd be talking about, like, The Rock or John Cena, you know, my dad would be like, like, man, fuck John Cena, punk ass, man. He ain't no Dusty Rhodes or whatever. And he'd be telling me all this shit Dusty Rhodes used to do or say. So then, um, uh, when I finally... Hey, that John Cena slam, Fuck him. But, but nah, it ain't no slam to this way. I, I love John Cena. Nigga but, ain't nah. no Ric Flair. <laughs> nah, so I met him and then... My dad was more excited than I was, but, you know, I got a picture with him that I still got. And then, um... I started learning who he was and how big he is, and a lot of people put them put him in their Mount Rushmore of wrestling goats. So that's still crazy to me. But I've I've met a lot of wrestlers over the time because I didn't I didn't miss none of the shows when um it's to come down to the Civic Center. Mm-hmm. Everyone that everyone has been down here except for past twenty sixteen, I was there. Bro, that's hard. That's yeah. Hard, man. What who, who, what's What's up next for Rico? Shit, right now what's up next is I'm working on this this project that I'm gonna drop this summer. I don't have no date for it. I'm not even rushing it at all. But um I'm about seven songs down and I might just keep it that way, but I still have to redo them and master them. But at first I was gonna call it Brobzilla Two and I might end up doing that later, but 
for the most part, I'm moving on from it. Cause like I was telling you, that was just like a whole different phase and time in my life. Like, you know, I was 20 years old, you know, I'm about to be pushing 25. So I'm calling this one the, um, the gratitude era. And that's like, um, <laughs> for one, it's just like, um, I just thought it was clever. And it's also just, you know, my appreciation for life and then my appreciation for, um, you know, how long that I have been doing this shit, whatever, just for some of the people that still genuinely like what I do. So doing, calling it that, and I also plan on bringing that into wrestling at one point in time, like, you know, when I finally get my little heel turn or face, I don't know, but um, I'm gonna have a little thing, I'm gonna sit on the mic and I'm gonna be like, you're in the gratitude era, you know, I'm gonna tell them like, I'm gonna tell the fans like, I call it the gratitude era because you know I'm a, I'm a hard act to follow. Like once once I once I get out this ring, then it's just like y'all y'all might as well leave because like y'all ain't gonna see nothing else like this. Like <laughs> <laughs> you, you write do you write your stuff down? Nowadays I have been. I've been writing that shit more than music lately. It's just like um them telling me how people become successful. I'm like damn, bro. I gotta come up with promo. I gotta figure out how to do this shit. So. A lot in, in my free time, I spend a lot of time writing. But the thing is, with my writing, I was always writing from a face perspective, from a heel perspective. And then um, I got to do one of them in front of Nick one time, and he was all like, "This is really good." But he's like, at the same time, he was like, "You just, you just got, you got the baby face image and everything about you. You're young, so it's just like you need to start working on writing from a face perspective." So I've been trying to do that, but I, it's been really difficult for me because you know. It's hard to try to be a face without looking super cheesy. Like, let's go, guys! Like, you know how that shit goes. And I want, I want my character to be neutral. Like, where I ain't quite like The Rock. Like, you know how The Rock was a he could be face or heel. I was saying, but he's, he still, he's but he's still, both, yeah. he still had the crowd. Like, you would have thought he was the face. Like, I want to, I want to be like that. So, yeah, he was one of those those rare exceptions to where his heel turn didn't work. <laughs> because the crowd loved him so much it's like y'all ain't supposed to be cheering me yeah. you know what I mean yeah, y'all should be booing you know what I mean I just said y'all are a bunch of idiots in the crowd they like this you know they cheering him you know what I mean they like it's not how it's supposed to go <laughs> the best heel turn I ever saw was um was Steve Austin's heel turn when he finally gave in and um and shook hands with Vince McMahon and joined the alliance yeah, yeah. that was a crazy charm he changed his song and all uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. See, he filmed that. <laughs> <laughs> the niggas forget when Stone Cold had hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Niggas, look, niggas forget Stone. Uh, that was Stone. a dark time. <laughs> Undertaker had gloves. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, gloves. He had a he had a, a manager. That Paul Bear, man. Yeah. Paul uh, Bear was out there. Really being uh, Kane and Undertaker Daddy. That shit was crazy as fuck. That I, shit I just, is nuts, bro. I just posted that shit on my story the other day. But I was just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that shit was so funny, bro. And he said, hey, you know what that means? That means. <laughs> that means Paul Bear slept with the Undertaker's mama. I was like, yo, these niggas is bugging. Then this shit made it even funnier because on um, the next episode. They had like a little a little hidden camera segment where it was like um Jerry Lawler was in the back talking to Paul Bearer and he was like, So how did this happen? And he was all like, um, 
So like, I, I was with a friend, and um, we got really drunk, drunk a few beers, and I just happened to go inside of a funeral home, and then like a uh, funeral home. <laughs> <laughs> bro, these, bro, them niggas was on one, bro, baby. Bro, that right, man. That Ryan was top Them niggas was on one, bro. It was crazy, but you can't even get away with that shit now. You know what I'm saying? Nah, it's a different different time. Different also. time, and then also, you know, WWE got all them endorsements now. That's where they why can't you, even do that shit if they wanted to. That's why you got to bring in the gratitude here, bro. Oh, that guy's going to be legendary, man. Yeah, and that's also why I was telling you before. That's why I was telling you I don't even mind doing years out somewhere else in the Indies, like Japan or something, because... You know, I watch that shit because a lot of people, they lost the love for WWE because they say the shit's too superhero-ish or whatever and the writing is bad, but it's still shit in Japan. Them motherfuckers are going hard, like, beating the shit out of each other and then, you know, they can still say sh- shit and fuck in their promos. You can't do that shit in WWE. Yeah. Come on, around the shit. <laughs> yeah. So I do feel like, I do feel like WWE will get back to a time where it might not go all the way back, but I do feel like it's going to become a time where um, they'll be able to dial it back some. Shit, cancel culture has to end by then. Cause I was looking at so many characters, I was just like, nah, Jerry Lawler would not have lasted in this shit. Val Venus, like all that shit, man. It's just like... Cancel culture. That nigga Val was coming out with a towel on. <laughs> Buggy. Yeah, bro. Nah, I, I I do feel like it's gonna be coming time, man. I mean, cause they can make they can make a killing of just total streaming, like not even worry about these networks. Oh, they'll be bro. able to do it. They'll be able to do it. Oh yeah, and be able to do what the hell they want to do. Oh yeah, cause and when they do, do they think about all the fans that that do feel a way about their company now. They be like, oh, this reminds me of when I was watching it. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. They're bound to probably tap back in. Yeah. I don't know, bro. That shit gonna be hard, man. Gratitude air. Gratitude air, man. Will that have your theme song on it? Um, it's gonna be the intro, actually. It's gonna be the intro, cause that's one of them songs just like, man, this shit sounds like an intro. And then um, cause that's what it was that's what it's initially gonna be. And then um and I started listening to that shit while I'm in the while I'm in the gym and shit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this shit sound like a like a theme song right here. So Bro, somebody about it. somebody kid gonna be like, I wanna be like Rico Bravo. Right. The wrestler. Like, that's nuts, bro. That is nuts, man. I, man, we appreciate you for coming, bro. For sure. Happy I hope to be here. I hope it was everything that you that you Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was everything. Man, we got man, you got your shit off, bro. Yeah, man. And we wish you nothing but success, bro. Nothing but success because you not only do you deserve it, but you actually doing something that you love. You know, I wanted to do right. You know, how many people like don't get a chance to do that? You know, how many people that came on this show and said, My first love was this, but you know, my second love was this, and this is what I'm doing now. It's just like, Nah, my first love was this, and I'm doing it. My True. second love with this, and I'm doing it too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that yeah. shit at the same time. That shit is different, bro. At the same time, and it's and both of them fueling each other. Right. Yeah. It's the happiest that I've I've ever been like throughout my whole entire twenties and all. This the happiest I've ever been because like I was telling you, you know I don't I don't have no college education and then um 
music was all I knew. So it was so much pressure on myself. Like, bro, I got to get my mom a house. I got to do this and I got to do that. Like all through music. So I was, I was applying so much pressure on myself. And then also with that, you know, I, I never really could, I never really felt like I could hang with these artists nowadays, you know, drop like, drop album after album after album, like in a year, like I was one, I'm one of them people that got to just duck off for like a couple of years after I drop an album and experience life and go through the motions and get the inspiration of what I'm going to do on this shit. Yeah. And just what I got going on right now, everything has been coming so smooth, like, um, I know I've been hitting this pin, but, um... You know, I've been I've been alcohol free and for the most part I've been smoke free since I've started wrestling and um like I told you also, Robzilla, that was a that was a phase in my life as well because um I was down near borderline alcoholic at that time. Like um you know, all was all my songs, it was big ass brew in my hand. That was some real shit. Like I was in that motherfucker with a forty ounce in my hand and now I barely even be drinking beers, like I barely drink anything, so I was really just keep us a, a clean mind and just try to stay focused in this wrestling shit. I'm trying to be the best wrestler that I can be, and I don't want to physically limit myself. Man, you doing it, bro. You are doing it, man. And congratulations, man. too, bro. Thank yeah, you, man. bro. Congratulations Congrats. to y'all, bro. Man, thank we you. We appreciate you, bro. Thank you, man. Can I be cliche? Yeah. All right, man. Did you have anything else? Mm. No? All right, well... I don't know, I'm sure you tapped in, but the way we end our show, okay, then dropping the wallet, need that. <laughs> the way we end the show, man, is we need that top five. I want to just ask you your top five wrestlers, but I feel like that's so cliche. Who's your top five heels? There we go. Goddamn, goddamn, both. Top five heels, I got to put Randy Orton in there. Edge. Legend. Legend. Um, Ric Flair. That's without that goes without saying. Yeah, without a doubt. And then um, CM Punk. Mhm. And then also um, Triple H. Yeah. I knew you was gonna say Triple H. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't mad at that. Mm-mm. I ain't mad at that. No, not at all. I, I, I think of legendary moments when you with all those wrestlers. So, I ain't nah, mad at that man, they were all. so good at what they do. They used to have me either going to bed down there in tears, or that shit would affect my mood for the next <laughs> day when I got on the bus. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> that shit like man, I remember when um John Cena fought this elimination chamber match and fucking. He got done beating all the motherfuckers and Edge cashing his money in the bank on him right there on the spot while he was gassed and took the belt. Bro, I came to school sick the next day. I didn't want to talk to nobody or nothing. <laughs> so, like... They, that they, shit they, made a difference, they, bro. They, they, they were good at what they do because they really used to make me be like, bro, when I grow up one day, I'm a wrestler and I'm going to kick their ass with John Cena. Bro, bro, <laughs> yeah. so. That shit hard. Yeah. So that's the magic of wrestling, though. Back then? It was able to create I'm, that emotion. Back then, bro. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen, really seen the new product to, to really know. I know Snoop Dogg's cousin wrestled, though. Yeah. So that's nuts. What? And I think she's a champion. Oh, she, she, she yeah. Was, but she was. No, Sasha she lost Banks. It. Yeah, she, yeah, I know that's, she Snoop, lost, Dogg. that's Snoop Dogg's she cousin. Lost, she lost to a girl named um, Bianca Belair. This is really like 
Oh, uh, this was real recent. Yeah, this was this la- this last WrestleMania. This was the first WrestleMania where two black women main evented yeah, for the title. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. fought each other, and Bianca Belair won. Oh, okay. And then Bobby Lashley is the world champ right now. Him and Roman Reigns. For that real? Shit, that yeah. shit is coming. He back? That shit is yeah. coming full circle for Bobby Lashley. That shit is next. That's wild. That's his his signature still the spear. The spear, and then he still got um. He's do some dominator, but yeah, he also, dominator, but yeah. he also does um mixed in his little MMA style with it, kind of like Brock Lesnar did. So he's got submissions and shit too that he does on people now. Yeah, man, that's hard, man. Like I, I would have never knew that. That nigga got his second win. Yeah, once again. Yeah. Once again, boy, I used to love SmackDown vs. Raw. <laughs> and in the video game? Yeah. Bro, I used to have all the roles, yeah. bro. Here comes the pain. Yeah. I still got that Raw. Shit, bro. Just bring it. Bro, all the roles, bro. I still got them. Man, that's hard, man. That shit nuts. But we thank you, bro. Bro, that was you, could, you, you didn't have to be here. Man, I wanted yeah. to be. I couldn't wait to be here, bro. <laughs> like, man. <laughs> I couldn't wait. I'm like, when these niggas gonna call me, man? <laughs> I couldn't wait to get here. <laughs> this is another classic episode, yeah, bro. Man. And you are, you made Free Gems history, bro. Yeah, Free Gems history. Word. Free Gems alumni. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely, bro. We thank you for that, bro. And, we, we, and you brought out, you brought out my childhood in this one. Yeah, so boy. I appreciate it. But I ain't light up for a wrestling <laughs> a long time. Right. That nigga said Kevin Nash. I said what? Yeah, that was Kevin like, Nash. nigga, you met Kevin Nash, nigga. Right. What? And he ain't even my favorite wrestler, but what? <laughs> that nigga's a legend. He though, is, bro. man. That nigga's a legend. He is. But, man. All the niggas at NWO. Man, like like we said before, man, we wish you nothing but success, dog. And if you need anything, bro, just holler at us. Already, man. Um, and this concludes another legendary episode of Free Gents Network. <laughs> <laughs>